Welcome to the Ari Zoldan Show, where you'll be able to sit in on conversations with leading CEOs, executives, and founders of some of the most innovative and cutting-edge companies of today. You'll learn about blockchain, cryptocurrency, clean tech, and other industries that are pioneering the new economy. Ari brings his years of experience as an on-air TV commentator to the mic for a packed dialogue of education, information, and in-depth interviews. It's all here, right now. Here's your host, Ari Zoldan. It's Josh Carey right here on the Ari Zoldan Show, 710WOR, the voice of New York and across the great land on the iHeartRadio app, sitting here in the Ideal Power offices in beautiful Austin, Texas with CEO Dan Berdar. So good to see you again. Not my first time at this rodeo, Dan. Always good to see you, Josh. Glad you could be here. I appreciate that in the triple digit heat wave, but that's a whole other conversation. It is. Sorry about that. We did the best we could. (laughs) As you always do. So let's get started with Ideal Power. Tell us what you are currently working on right now. We have a bi-directional power semiconductor device that we are bringing to market that has applicability in a lot of uh, applications that people are familiar with. Solar energy, energy storage, electric vehicles, where our technology can help make all of those applications more economical, more efficient, and greener in terms of their impact on the environment. And you're, you're bringing up a very good topic about the EV market in general. Even going back not too long ago, I was watching the Super Bowl, and one thing that stood out was every other commercial everybody's coming out with, our new electric vehicle is here. What happened? Well, the industry reached a tipping point. Electric vehicles have been around for a long time. I mean, Chrysler came out with some early on. Chevy did as well. But the big issue was the cost of batteries and the performance of batteries really wasn't to the point where it could be competitive with a combustion-based vehicle. That's all changed. Batteries have gotten to be a lot better in terms of their, their performance, and they've gotten dramatically lower in cost. So now they're actually economically practical to go to electric vehicles, and the entire industry is going that direction. We've really hit the tipping point. It'll be a transition over time, but I think you're going to see all the established players, as well as new players in the marketplace, bringing out electric vehicles. Is this more a conversation of what the people want, or is it more of the powers that be saying, this is what you should want? Well, I I think things like the administration are certainly pushing it, but at the end of the day, electric vehicles have a lot of advantages. If you think about the performance that you get, the acceleration that you get, how quiet they are, the fact that they don't pollute. I think people look at it and say, hey, the biggest source of air pollution in most urban areas are electric vehicles. So I think it really appeals to people that they can get something that's better for the environment, that costs them something comparable to the conventional vehicles, and performs at a higher level. So it's a a win for everything kind of coming together. What about the battery? Let's talk about that because yep. I know over the the typically the battery is is an economical component, but not so in the past year. Yeah, the batteries have really been the the driving force behind this, and they've dropped dramatically in price. But unfortunately, what's also happening is because of all the demand that is now occurring for lithium, which is one of the primary components in these batteries, and a lot of the geopolitical uncertainty that's going on, Mm. the cost of lithium has gone up a lot. It's gone up about 500% in the last year. 
that's going to drive the need to bring more lithium mines online to make more lithium available. And it's something that the industry is going to have to work through in the short term to make sure that the electric vehicles that come out continue down that cost curve to make them as economical as uh, the combustion vehicles that are available today in, in large numbers. And we keep hearing about something called range anxiety. Yes. Is that is that legit? Do we need to be concerned with this? And what does that mean? The issue that a lot of people have is if you think about it, you can find gas stations everywhere when it's mm -hmm. time to refill your car. That charging infrastructure is still being built out. So what people worry about is if you're just using a, your electric vehicle for short commuting, that's fine. But if you want to take any extended trip, where are the charging stations going to be? Are you going to be able to charge your vehicle when you want to? How long is it going to take you to charge your vehicle? It's not like five minutes, 10 minutes like a fill-up. It can take hours depending on the type of charging station. So I think the range anxiety issue is still there, but what you are seeing is the battery packs on vehicles are getting bigger, so their range is getting longer. What you're seeing is there are things like our technology, our semiconductor technology, that can actually get more performance out of those batteries. So you get more range out of the same batteries because the semiconductors that are being used to control the batteries are much more efficient. So it'll be something that will continue to improve. And as the charging station, that infrastructure gets built out, and as the batteries and the semiconductors that control them continue to improve, that range anxiety issue will disappear. So you brought up the semiconductor which is what you guys do and what you're known for. Mm -hmm. How does that actually get from, from, from your engineering room to, to the end user there? What we typically do is we work directly with the technical teams at the automobile manufacturers, the companies that make motor drives, that make power converters for your solar energy installation. So we work directly with the technical teams that are producing the OEM products that people buy. Mm -hmm. um, and then you know, after they have evaluated the technology, when they bring out new models of their products, our technology actually gets designed into those new products. So you will eventually see our semiconductors designed into an automobile that you can go buy at your local car dealer. Really? And you're yes. in talks with with them? We are. We have some that we are already working closely with, and there are more that we're targeting. As we get a little bit further in our commercialization, we hope to have several automo automobile manufacturers that are engaged with us evaluating the technology and hopefully on a path to put them in vehicles. Is there any reason that they wouldn't? Well, you know, there's like anything else, there's always choices. So right. because the electric vehicles are new from a technology standpoint and a design standpoint, what we see is the automobile manufacturers are looking at all kinds of technologies. They're looking at, how, you know, how do I bring new technology into this new platform? What are the options that are available to me? There are some places where our technology applies in a vehicle, you know, like the drivetrain or the onboard charger, or if you have like vehicle to grid applications. And there are some places where our technology is not the best choice, like the, the motors that drive your windshield wipers or your windows. So there's going to be a variety of semiconductor technologies that are out there. And we hope to, to win the lion's share, certainly for the advantages that we can bring on the high power applications like the drivetrain. There's, I, I've, I, I've heard the idea that some electric vehicles are safer. Is that, is that a true statement? Safer in what sense? Good question. Safer yeah. on the road to withstand an accident? Well, it's, it's like if you look at 
any automobile that's out there. There are some that are safer than others, some that are designed to be more crash resistant than others. There's also different types of battery chemistry, and there are some battery, battery chemistries that are a little bit more vulnerable in a crash where they can turn into a fire that can be very difficult to put mm. out by conventional means. Some battery chemistries are, are a lot less prone to those kind of issues. And that'll be part of what the industry goes through in terms of customer acceptance and consumer mm. testing and so forth. What about disposal of the batteries? What happens when there's an end-of-life situation for a battery? Well, it's interesting. There's, if you think about lead-acid batteries, there's a whole recycling industry that has been built around how to recover the lead from those lead-acid batteries. That hasn't been built yet for the lithium batteries that exist that are going to be used in electric vehicles. But what's interesting is what we're seeing is there are quite a few companies that are coming out with business models that are really all about taking the batteries out of the vehicles and repurposing them. Because while they may not have enough energy left in them for propelling a vehicle, they have plenty of energy left to couple with solar to make your solar to get rid of the intermittency issue or to provide energy backup for a building. They're still very well suitable for that. So I think you're going to see a lot of second use applications from those batteries that get recycled while that recycling industry gets built out, ultimately driven by the number of vehicles that are out there to make it worth doing. You're in Austin, and I know you take pride in that. Tell me about the choice to be here doing what you're doing. Well, Austin is a city that um, has really become a technology hub. It is, it is where so many companies are moving to because we've got a great lo physical location. It's easy to get to either coast. We have great weather. We have you know, tremendous universities and research facilities here. We ha you've had a history of a lot of semiconductor companies here. You've got NXP, AMD. You've got Tesla moving here. You've got Dell headquartered here. So it's become a real technology hub. And as a result of that, once you get to a certain level, it continues to draw more companies. So we see companies moving from California all the time, relocating their business here because it's low cost of living, low taxes, uh, nice environment, and lots of job opportunities. And we, we continue to, to see that trend growing. You brought up Tesla. Is any conversation in this industry complete without bringing them up? What could we say about their, what they're doing in the industry today? Well, they've, they've changed the game. They have really been the one that has come out with vehicles that are attractive. They figured out how to bring them to market, how to get the performance level to where people you know, are interested in it. And they've really forced the rest of the market to change their view of where battery-powered vehicles fit. So I think they are the ones that really have forced this change in the whole industry. And as a result, they continue to be a leader. With that, do you find that they're going to remain with the the lion's share one, three, five, ten years? As more and more companies come into the space, I think it's going to be tougher and tougher to hang on to that that lead. You've got you know, very, very large companies. Volkswagen, for example, one of the largest automobile companies in the world, has already said, we're going full electric. When you start to get these large companies that have tremendous resources, already global presence established, if they bring out vehicles that are attractive and that people want to buy, I think there's going to be a lot of competition. And for the consumer, that's great. It's going to drive innovation. It's going to drive creativity. And it's going to drive the cost to be more competitive. What does that mean, 
Volkswagen said, we're, we're going full electric. What does that really say? They basically said, we're done with combustion vehicles. We are going to phase out the combustion engine approach to vehicles and bring a, a line of automobiles that is fully battery powered because they believe that's where the long-term future is for the automobile industry. You think that's a good move, smart move? I think it absolutely is. It's one of these things where the early leaders in this space are really going to have an advantage because they are going to have volume quicker, which means their cost point is going to be lower. They are going to be early in terms of being able to secure key materials like the supply of lithium or the su supply of batteries for their vehicles. They are going to benefit from the fact that the technologies that can support electric vehicles are going to be chasing them. Ideal Power, for example, we're, we're chasing the automobile makers. We have a new technology that will be of interest to them that can make their vehicles perform better. We're probably one of many companies with new technology that would apply to a vehicle that really want to participate in the growth of this industry. So they are going to be able to start to pick and choose who the winners are going to be in the longer term for a whole variety of technologies. Where is your technology? Are we in production? Is it prototype? Where is it right now? We are, we're making products for a, a DOD program that we're doing where the demonstration will happen that will be a solid state circuit breaker that incorporates our BTRAN. That, wow. That's happening later this year. We're bringing out our first commercial product at the end of this year. And we expect to bring out multiple versions of the products that we package differently depending on the application and the customer. So we are literally on the verge of commercialization of our technology. So it's the right time wow. for us to be talking to companies like the automobile makers to give them the opportunity to provide input in terms of what features should our product have, how should it be designed, what makes it easy for them to incorporate it into their product so that they actually can influence the ability of us to bring a product that will suit their needs. DOD, Department of Defense? Yes. So you're working with the government. We are. Tell me about this. Well, you know, the government really plays an interesting role in a lot of technology development because there's a lot of things that take considerable time to get commercial that would be considered too long a time period and too high risk maybe for industry to play a role. The Department of Defense and the Department of Energy have both played a role over the last several decades of helping bridge that gap, put funding in place to develop technology, fund demonstrations of new technology, where it ultimately can be proven and ready to enter the commercial marketplace. You're a public company. We are. And the, the idea that you are on the verge of commercialization, what does that next step look like? The next step for us is really engaging customers who are going to be bringing their products to market that incorporate our semiconductor oh. technology. So it's really putting that commercial semiconductor device out there for them to use yeah. and then seeing it end up in products that people are buying and probably don't even know that our, our technology is in there. Yeah. You're, I, I, I read in the headlines something about 2030 and by 2035 with a shift from ICE vehicles to EV. What, what, what is that threshold about? The industry has to manage a difficult transition because we've got millions of combustion vehicles that are out there. Mm. Uh, the industry is clearly moving to electric vehicles and the large established automakers are going to have to figure out how do I wind down the older version of automobile technology and continue to support it from a parts and service standpoint while they ramp up their new products that are based on electric vehicles. So well, you know, while people have some aggressive targets, I think the large established automobile manufacturers are going to bring out products fairly early, but I think they're going to be a few, maybe two or three models, uh, and they'll gradually start to convert that, uh, that line over because of the fact they've got to transition out of one 
infrastructure that they built with their plants and product models and still support the customers that are out there that bought their products while they bring the new technology into the marketplace. When we make this shift, is this going to be a, a lateral economic transition for the average American? Today, it's not. I mean, today it requires incentives from the government to actually bridge that gap. I think as we move up, though, in volume, I think electric vehicles have the potential to actually be lower cost. Because if you think about it, automobiles today have thousands of parts, many, many moving parts, things that need to be serviced, needs to be repaired, things that potentially just drive the cost of assembling the products. If all the components that go into an engine now are replaced by a solid-state battery pack, there is the potential as those things reach volume that they could actually be more cost-effective because there's just fewer parts and fewer labor to make them. So I have a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old. In 20, 30, 50 years, I, this is going to be a completely different landscape. What's it going to look like for them? I think for them, it's going to be the, the ability to buy electric vehicle that will probably be very different from what we see today. I, I think there's going to be a lot of segmentation in the marketplace as people think about vehicles that are maybe strictly for commuting versus things that want to have longer range. I think when people move to an entirely new platform, it's the opportunity to really innovate, to not just do an incremental design of what you did from the model that was out five years ago, it's do something completely new. And I think that's going to spur innovation. And you've got many new companies. So you've got not just Tesla, but you've got Neo, Fisker. I mean, there's a long line of new companies that are focused on only electric vehicles. And they're not constrained by what they've done previously. So I think you're going to see them continue to do something different. They're going to target the audiences that they think will be early adopters. And I think particularly young people, because they are not historically tied to the combustion engines, they're going to design some models just for them. What a fascinating point. When I was growing up, I remember that jetpacks were what's going to be. Still not quite there. But also self-driving cars, yes. I remember. But now they're here. Yeah. What about that? Well, it's interesting. If, if you think further out, the whole automobile industry and ownership are probably going to change. And, and how you build houses is probably going to change. I think eventually what you're going to see are fleets of vehicles where you can have an ownership position, where you don't even own a car anymore. Your house doesn't need to have a garage because if you think about it, a car is a very expensive investment for people. It's, you know, outside of your home, it's the second most expensive thing you do. But it's also the lowest utilization of anything. It sits 90% of the time just depreciating. And wow. what we're going to see are people who are really looking for how do we leverage that investment? How do we use that money more efficiently? How do we actually solve some of our traffic problems by the fact that you've got all these people hopping on a highway, taking their individual reactions to whatever's happening around them and causing traffic jams? The cars will be intelligent enough that the, the driver won't have to be in control. Wow. You won't have to necessarily own the vehicle itself. Traffic will get better because you don't have individuals creating situations. The cars will have enough intelligence to move quickly, but keep safe distances and react to conditions in the road. So we have, what, over 100,000 gas stations around the land? Yep. What happens to them? I think a lot of them, because they are in commercial uh, facilities, commercially zoned property and in good locations, I think a lot of them just be converted to, uh, to electric vehicle charging stations. It would be a great way to use them rather than try and convert them to some other use. They're, they're typically in the right locations for where you'd want to charge anyway. So I hope you see a lot of them make that transition. Right now, I know Tesla has their own charging station. Mm -hmm. 
a Tesla charger can only is that is that the way it's going to be, or are no. they going to be more universal? No, they're going to be more universal. Uh, there are already adapters mm -hmm. uh, that people have developed to be able to use different charging stations, and the industry will converge on something that everybody can use because otherwise everybody bears the burden of trying to build out part of that infrastructure and a duplication of infrastructure if it's not the right kind of charging station. So it, just like you see with a lot of new technologies, there are battles for formats in terms of what's going to be the accepted standard. The industry will settle on something that everybody can use. What about Elon Musk doing his thing? You think he's the, he's the great leader the industry needs, making a bid for Twitter, that whole thing? He's, he's an interesting guy, very smart guy. He clearly, as an individual, has really changed, fundamentally changed, an entire industry. So I think people like him are what make this country special. I mean, they're the people that are entrepreneurs. They see an opportunity. They're not afraid to take a chance. And they're willing to actually challenge the status quo to do something different and turn it into a successful business. Final word, Dan. What does the American consumer need to know about what's on the horizon in the EV market? Well, I, I think what they need to know is that the industry is gonna to change to, to electric vehicles. It is inevitable at this point in time. We've reached that tipping point. It's gonna be a transition that will happen over a period of years, but it is coming. So I think it's, it's up to everybody. Keep abreast of what's going on there. See what, what companies are bringing out because over the next, I'd say three to five years, you're gonna see a lot of new electric vehicles coming to the marketplace from a whole variety of players, including the established U.S. automakers. I mean, look at Ford. Ford's biggest selling vehicle has been the F-150 pickup truck, okay? What's the first electric vehicle they, that they brought out? The Lightning, the electric version of the F-150. So I think we're gonna see a lot of really interesting decisions. And I think there's gonna be a lot of interesting cars for people to, to explore and test drive and to hopefully own it at some point in the near future. My go-to for all things EV-related, Dan Berdar, of CEO of Ideal Power. Thank you so much. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate it. Listen to conversations with leaders of some of the most innovative and cutting-edge companies on the Ari Zoldan Show. You'll learn about blockchain, cryptocurrency, clean tech, and industries pioneering the new economy. It's the Ari Zoldan Show, Saturday mornings at 5 a.m. right here on 710 WOR.